Hello, Hug and a High Five listeners. Today, we have our first guests on the show. Two daughters and their mom share their journey to becoming adults and learning how to parent adults while living as more than a parent. It's our first group recording, and the audio and edits are a little choppy, but we hope you'll stay for the content. It's such a good story. It's a dance. It's a balancing act. And I think it kind of is in in both directions for the parent and for the child. Hello and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky. I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hi, Ingrid. Hello. Okay, so listeners, here we are. We have guests today, first guests ever. Yay. I'm looking at them on Zoom around the country. So our guests today are really wonderful friends of my mom and I. To me, I call them Aunt Kari, Grandma Doris, and Aunt Dawn. But they're not really my aunts. They're my, Aunt Kari is my godmother and one of my mom's good friends. We are all around the world using Zoom and recording each other and looking into screens these days. So even though Kari and Doris and I are only a mile and a half apart, we would still be looking into Zoom because of the pandemic around the world. But this is a special privilege to look at you guys and meet together and have a conversation. Kari and I met... Well, let's see, 25 years ago? Yeah, but Vicky, <laughs> a Thursday is my 26th anniversary. Oh my gosh, this is perfect timing. Oh my goodness, that's right. So we met just a hair before your 26th anniversary because we got to join you in your, um, bef- in your wedding, which was super fun. And that's where I did meet your mom and your sister for the first time. This is very special. Super special. Anton, you want to say hi? So I I am Kari's older sister. I'm in right now in Massachusetts with my family and extended family here during this pandemic also. Um, but I live in New York City and have a second home in Massachusetts. And I miss my family on the West Coast and even on the East Coast very much right now. Same. Yeah. And Aunt Kari, you're with Grandma Doris right now, right? Yes. Hi, I'm Kari. I'm the baby in the family. My beloved Aunt Dawn is my older sister, and I have the privilege of sitting next to Grandma Doris, my mom, right here in Pasadena. So we're, we're happy to chat with you guys. Doris, one thing that is unique, which I particularly identify you with, Doris, is that you are a mom of three daughters. Yes. And I am a mom of three daughters. So I like to talk to you about what it's like to be a mom of three daughters on occasion. Yes, it's amazing the um, similarities. So growing up and teenagerhood and adulthood. And so I'm happy to be a, a mentor for you. You have been for 26 years. It's been very special. Now, going back just a little bit, in my lifetime, I did not have um, three sisters. I didn't have any sisters. I had two brothers, one older, one younger. Did you have brothers or sisters, Doris? I had two older brothers and a younger sister. Oh, okay. So you have a mix. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't learn any parenting skills from any of them. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I learned was how to advise my grandchildren, because I have grandsons and granddaughters, and my middle daughter, Kristen, who couldn't join us today, is... um, has a son and a daughter. So the only thing I can do is advise Joshua not to torment his sister. You know what that's like. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, both of my brothers are deceased, and my younger sister, she's going strong. Now, we were when we first talked about having a kind of conversation like this, Grandma Doris, you mentioned that, of course, by Aunt Kari, you were were kind of of like figured out the ropes of of sending a child off into the world as they grew up. But, Anton, you were the first one. Yes, I was. Just like me. So, And she went out with a bang. Yeah. (laughs) I went out with a bang. But as I am an adult now, looking back, I feel as though I really took advantage of being the oldest one and... I pretty much called a lot of the shots. My parents were very young when they had me, mm-hmm. and they it was a learning process. And, Mom, I don't know, uh, besides Grandma, did you have anybody saying that you could look at as a mentor like Vicky has you maybe? No. I, I feel like I we were talking about it just this past week here, in that I didn't want to play the organ. And I think I had one or two lessons and I got out of playing the organ. You made a very strong statement. I don't want to do this. And your parents backed off. Okay, okay. How old were you then? I don't know, 12? Was I 12 then? 11, 12? Okay. Um, I didn't want... I I know some of uh, the conversations are what happened during... Uh, your time leaving for college. Well, I didn't want to go to college. And so I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. There are definitely some things I know I had to forge the way, as Ingrid, you probably have as well. But I do, in hindsight, recognize that I, I called some of those shots and my parents let me get away with it. Which is, again, like part of the firstborn thing. I'm, Grandma Doris, were there times where you were like, well, I, maybe this is how it works. <laughs> you, you don't know either, right? You're first time mom. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back on the organ lesson situation. Mm-hmm. It was something that we really wanted Dawn to do. We had an organ. So first of all, we didn't have to go out and buy it. But we really wanted yeah. her to take lessons. And I think it was just probably a spontaneous and inborn, a whatever, respect for Dawn uh, wanting to make that decision. And and that's why uh, when, when Corey and I were going over some of the questions, we were saying... I, I was saying, I don't, we didn't have this. This wasn't really an issue, and, you know. Hmm. And uh, and that's why we thought it would be good to bring Dawn and Kristen into the conversation. By the time I we got through Dawn and Kristen, it was like, okay. You knew which battles to fight. <laughs> we just threw our hands up <laughs> and said, you know, she can do what she wants to do. But I, I will, in, in, in retrospect, I think that Bill and I both had 
like I said, I really don't know where it came from other than from our parents. Respecting, we had respect for our children as becoming adults. We respected their being able to make the right decisions. We had done a, I think, a good job. It was really glory goes to God in terms of the um, making the right decisions. Although, there, and that, that's why it would be good if Kristen were involved in this because she, as our middle child, she was the one who had the strongest will you know, from the time that she was mm. a baby. Also similar to our family. We locked horns <laughs> with her the most. Mm-hmm. Dawn, Dawn perceives herself differently than I do. Dawn was like, okay, um, if that's what you say, Mommy and Daddy... That's what I'm going to do, you know. And um, But I guess you just reached that point where you said, no, I have my own mind and I can... No, I still... There are things that I still, in the back of my head, I think about, uh-oh, what should I do here? How should I do this? What would I be expected to do as a daughter, as the oldest daughter? As the oldest daughter, I know that there were things that I was able, being very obedient, just as my eldest is, and Ingrid, maybe you the same thing. Yeah, very similar. A rule yeah, follower. Yeah. Classic yeah. rule follower. You know, this is the way you do things. And I don't know that I was classically totally rebellious. I know that there was some rebellion that came in there. Um, but it probably was later than than the norm, um, and I see that with my oldest as well. That's so similar to the way that I think too. Yeah. That that the question of like what do what what do I know I'm expected to get, to do, and am I willing to meet that expectation right now is like the constant right. thought of my firstborn experience. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole forging your own way or or knowing what to do as a firstborn. I think I think about it most in terms of like when I feel like I can almost give notes to my parents on like parenting my younger sisters, sometimes I'll turn to my dad and be like, okay, here's how you need to say that to Audrey so that she hears it. <laughs> because I know you said that to me and I didn't hear it, but now I know what you meant. Mm-hmm. Did that ever happen? Were you like fixing the other relationships? Well, yeah, I think for, for I'm obviously, Aunt Kari and I are much older than you are. So I don't know that I can specifically go back to those points, but as an adult, I can clearly say that I am a confidant with to my mother and to my sisters and that we do bounce things off and that mom will very often say thank you for your wise counsel on this and and so it's not so much how to parent my sisters but maybe how to address something with financial advisor or with my sisters, or with a friend. We've grown into a friendship and not just a mother-daughtership. Yeah, and that's exactly this transition that mom and I are in. We're like just beginning to feel that shift. So Doris, I saw you roll your eyes when Dawn mentioned the word rebellion. (laughs) How would you say that your experience was... Would you have characterized her behavior as rebellion or did it just was it just coming to terms with, well, she has a different opinion than I do and actually that's okay. Ingrid and I 
I would say early or when she was in getting just out of high school and in college, struggled deciding, like, like you said, Dawn, the difference between duty and honor and preference <laughs> and figuring out, oh, you know what? Actually, that's not a big deal. That's just a preference. My most, and it would be more for Bill than for me, vivid remembrance of Dawn's Rebellion was, I guess she was 18, 19, dating her now husband, mm-hmm. Mark, and she be, Bill loved his daughters, and each had a special place in his heart. And the first time that Dawn chose Mark over Dad was kind of a, you know, a, a act of rebellion. What did not affect me as much as it did Dad. Yeah. But it was when you said no to what Dad suggested and yes to what Mark <laughs> wanted you to do. And so that was like the big fact that you had the guts to say, and you were in that transition, which was a healthy transition. It was hard. Yeah. And that was probably the beginning of a not so good relationship between (laughs) dad and Mark. It was a short lived. He loved and respected Mark, but it was a shock for him. The not wanting to take organ lessons, you know, that was okay, but it was the emotional rebellion I think that that is probably, I mean, for both of us, for both Bill and I were kind of like shocked that Dawn would do what, you know, that Dawn would not do what we were telling her to do, but what her then boyfriend wanted her to do. And in a very unique situation that we had, because like Dawn said, she didn't go away to college. Now, if she were away in college, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know, you know, what really, what was going on. That's a good point. I should have gone to college. Yeah, you would have, (laughs) it would have been much happier. So did you go, Anton, did you go, did you move right to New York City? Yeah. Well, into Brooklyn and then into Manhattan. It was a pick up and leave. That was the, that was the big crisis in our relationship was the, you know, cause, because Dawn was still living at home and we as her parents felt it was our responsibility to be calling shots, not really, and, and I would have to say just totally clueless to the transition from teenager to adulthood, which kind of happens on its own when someone goes off to college. But the fact that she was, and not only was she living at home, but she was also working Mm -hmm. in our business. So poor Dawn, she she just could not leave her parental authority at all. So you had, Dawn, you still had a lot of ties back because you worked in the business and you saw your parents regularly. It reminds me, I referred to this last time, it reminds me of Moonstruck because she lived in her parents' house, and yet she was an adult and had her own life. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Dawn, I was married for probably close to a year, and my uh, dad was still addressing letters to my maiden name, and I I chose not to keep my maiden name. I chose to take my husband's name. Um, Uh (laughs) So I finally... 
it was just so cutthroat. <laughs> I got on the phone one time and I said, Dad, how long were you married to mom before you started, she started using your name <laughs> yeah, for right. and for everything? <laughs> it's like I cut my dad's knees off practically. <laughs> I've been saying that. Uh, and from then on, he has always used my married name. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> He doesn't use my middle name anymore. He uses oh, my maiden name as my middle name. <laughs> that's <But>. very funny. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's some hard transitions that happen in that, especially when you have those close ties with working in the same place, but kind of living yeah, on your it's, own. It's been a long and interesting, interesting time. And Kari, you were here visiting Manhattan a little while ago, and... Mm-hmm. You and your daughter Lily and I took a bus ride uh-huh. where you, I think you mentioned like when you were out of high school and, and starting to kind of go off into the world, you really wanted to be like your older sister. Like you wanted to come to Manhattan and be cool like that. Oh, yeah. Dawn was totally cool. She was she was like, oh, Dawn, <laughs> you still are my rock star. Totally. Oh, thank you, Kari. Yeah, it wasn't only that, but I always had a love for the city, even when we would visit family in Brooklyn. Like the second I started seeing those skyscrapers in the car on the, the distant Queens and Brooklyn, um, I would just get this super excited, like shivery feeling like, ah, city. So I, from very little... I always had a fascination with the city. So then, of course, when Dawn, as this bomb hit and she left, it was like exciting for me because then I could go take the train in and visit visit Dawn in the city. So um, when she got into Manhattan, I would take the train in to visit her. So since we were really close anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed being able to do that. So I was the kind during that time kind of like a bridge between... You know, as Dawn and Mark and Mom and Dad were figuring all of that out, I was a bridge coming back and forth because Dawn wasn't working at the store anymore. Then she started working in the city for Mark. Yep. So, Kari, you moved then when you got married across the country. And that's what Ingrid said she kind of resonated with because she lives now across the country from me. What was that like having such a long distance relationship with your mom? Did it change not being able to drop in or things like that? Well, again, I transitioned that kind of natural transition because I did move out and go to college in the city. So, and I also had a job and I had my church in the city. So, mm-hmm. I was I would come out and visit, but I, it wasn't every weekend. I definitely wasn't coming out yeah. every weekend. So there was already you already had a long yeah. distance, not as far as California, New York, but we did begin a long distance yeah um, relationship. And then Dawn again, as the firstborn, had kind of set the pace for that. And you know, with Kristen, and then Kristen went uh, to Cornell, so she was four hours away. So we didn't get to see her. And then Kristen moved to Africa. Right. She was really (laughs) out. You've actually had a a very fully rounded experience with your children moving all over the place. If you want to talk about long distance mother-daughter 
relationships. I don't think you could get too much further away than California. One daughter in California, one daughter in Kenya, and the other daughter in New York City and me on Long Island and then upstate New York. But one thing I'll say about our family is even with all of these distances, the the time that we do have together is very quality time. And Dawn and Mark specifically built a house in the country to accommodate the whole family, which we all still are so grateful for. So we have these like chunks of really solid family time that we're blessed to be able to have. When I first moved out here 26 years ago, even then mom and dad would come out for a chunk of time Mm -hmm. and visit. So that's kind in our transitioning and coming into adult friendship with, with mom. Dawn, wouldn't you say that it's those chunks of solid time more but you Dawn you've always you have been the best out of all of us with keeping in touch with mom like on the telephone you guys talk way more on the phone than Kristen and I probably put together probably yeah yeah and 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 I, it sometimes it is work <laughs> I hate to say it mom but sometimes it's it's work to say I haven't spoken with mom in 3 days I need to I need to call mom and I know that I need to spend the time to take to to spend time with mom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's not always easy in my schedule or in my house right now, even though we are under <laughs> you know, kind of house arrest. There's, you know, ten other people in this house with me right now. And it's hard to find a quiet time to find a phone line that will work with very little internet. But we do definitely have that time and it's important to our relationship and to the family to do that. And on Kari's note, Mark is an only child. I'm the oldest of three. We melded our families kind of together and have done celebrations together. So from very early on, being the firstborn and the first married in the family, which isn't always the case, and marrying an only child, we've been fortunate to be able to meld the two families. It's not always the most perfect thing, but it's allowed us to have these extended times together for Christmas for summertime, cousins camp in the summer, spending time together as families, as adults together in one place under one roof. And it has been a blessing for Mark and I to be able to do that for the family. And I I think it's a glue that has helped us all also to maintain those relationships and even all the cousins to have those relationships together, which is really wonderful. That time of uh, starting to invite our parents into our home versus going to their home for occasions and holidays and different events. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about, Doris, that inviting the new 
boyfriend and then son-in-law and then like their extended family if they have them and you're kind of relinquishing the mantle of of leadership when you go to other people's houses and whatnot do you have it what was that like for you Doris it happened gradually I I think probably a good example is relinquishing the making of the gravy for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah. That was like the big the big thing and it almost <clears throat> and and that's a good example of melding two families together because we would all contribute to Thanksgiving dinner. One of my responsibilities was gravy. I made the gravy like my mother made gravy. And I was very proud of my gravy and very Mm. possessive (laughs) and obsessive about how it was prepared. So we're all in the kitchen, including Mark's mom. And I always use the potato water in the gravy rather than just plain water. Erica was making the mashed potatoes, and I asked, I said, so where's the potato water? And Erica said, oh, I dumped it down the sink. (laughs) And it was, that was like a real defining moment of being able to (laughs) meld the family together, because I had kind of a meltdown, I, I think, about... Losing my potato water. Those are some of the challenges, but it was a gradual, and I have to say, it was a very liberating thing. And Dawn is the hostess for all of us, and that was because she married an only son that this became possible. But you know, just gradually relinquishing things and letting them happen, and then then you can sit back and say, "Wow, this is great. I don't have to do anything." can be honored by your daughters while they do all the work and they say, no, mom, go sit down. Now I don't even go near the gravy. I'm like not allowed to, to, to do it. I've noticed you don't realize how strong of attachment or expectation you have to something until the potato water is dumped down the drain. <laughs> and then you realize, wait a second, that meant a lot to me. And it's those little things like that that are a little shocking, but you feel like you, you adjust to, and then it's like, okay, it might not be my gravy, but it still will be all right. <laughs> I think also being the child or the daughter and starting to have those transitions happen it's your kind of, it's a dance, it's a balancing act, trying to figure out where, where I could assert something or ask my mom to relinquish something and for me to be able to take something over. She often jokes that I am now that she, you know, forget it, she's not the matriarch of the family, I am. And that you know, that's I. I'm not as old as her. I shouldn't be the matriarch of the family. But it is. It's. It, it's. It's been a a long. Uh, I think a long journey for us to get to that point, and it's not always an easy thing to ask your parents to relinquish something or to give something up. And how do you do it while honoring 
them or honoring my mom in those traditions or in those acts and you know how it it's it's difficult it can be really difficult navigating that i do have to sometimes think ooh you know wait a second should i still have mom do this or would mom want to do this or how would mom want this done instead of marching off and doing it myself one thing I was always struck by growing up was how often Aunt Kari would talk to her sisters on the phone. I always hope to be like that with my sisters, but my parents, who both have siblings they love, aren't like really close with their siblings like that. So I can imagine situations where you may think like, all right, something's coming up. This is a kind of awkward thing. How do I talk to mom about it? Did you collaborate with each other as sisters to like figure out how to broach a subject? We have often done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then often decide who's going to talk, <laughs> who's most suited for that. Same. <laughs> is there one person that it's most often the, the broacher of the subject? Probably me. Or is it flip around? Yeah, it's, it's probably Dawn. Yeah. I mean, by proximity now with Kari being down the street from mom, there are times when it's like, you know what? A face-to-face on this one is probably better than a phone call. Okay, Kari, you're, you're the nominee this time. You're on. <laughs> you're up. <laughs> There's definitely times like that with Ellen and Audrey and I, and I'm sure that we'll continue to be able to navigate that. You guys totally will, yeah. I love, Dawn, how you say it's a dance and a balancing act. And I think it kind of is in in both directions for the parent and for the child. I remember going to visit Ingrid in Manhattan, kind of putting on a different hat. Like, I'm the guest and and she's the hostess and really letting her be the hostess. That was kind of like... A new thing and knowing how much it was an interest and a desire for Ingrid to do that. It's that was like a perspective shift. Visiting Kari in her apartment when she was a student and were in 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 New York City, that was kinda that was difficult because it was like That was probably weird. It was you. it was very strange and it was like you're making that's not the way you make lasagna, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That 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 type of you know that that transition of seeing oh my goodness she's not doing it the same way. Well, thank you all three for being on today. It's really good to have this conversation and to hear from a mom of three daughters what their your experience has been like as we navigate our experience, Ingrid and I. And we're so grateful that you joined us. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. That was really fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. All words, Hug and a High Five Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week. 